What's happening? Welcome to another episode of Legal Ish with our favorite lawyer, legal advisor, Ahmed Oda. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, OT? All good. Surviving. Been a been a roller coaster of a week. Absolutely, there's been a lot going on. Um, okay. Not so much of the good news, but we're we're trying to be as positive as we can. And uh, I mm-hmm. suppose that we could lead off with the most positive news of the week, which is that the <laughs> which is that the the new metro line is scheduled to be uh, open to the public from September. So that's the red line, uh, the Metro Route 2020. And that's what the RTA has declared a few days ago. And uh, the line includes 11.8 kilometers of elevated and 3.2 kilometers of underground track, seven stations, including a new interchange at Jebel Ali and a terminal at the site of Expo 2020. So that means you could practically get uh, get the line to take you from terminals one and three of Dubai International uh, Airport all the way to the Expo 2020 site. And they have plans to extend uh, the route uh, by an additional 3.4 kilometers. So let's hope. Let's hope. Yo, that's, yeah, this new line is going to be definitely a game changer. I mean, I think not only because it goes to the expo site, but it connects a new part of town that wasn't that wasn't part of the previous um, previous routes, right? Because this goes all the way from Merdiv. So this is for the areas that are on the, a little outside the city on Mohammed bin Zayed Street. Yeah. Yeah, they're hitting Discovery Gardens. They're hitting for Jan, Jumeirah Gulf Estates, DIP. Yeah. It's fantastic. So it's all new spaces, which is kind of very exciting. Um, and other news, maybe not so positive, but the reason why I wanted to touch base on this one was because we spoke about it previously and we did anticipate it based on the rumors that were circulating online was about Emirates Airlines' second wave of layoffs. That just hit today. Um, and they've confirmed it, that they've had uh, a second wave where they've let go of a few people. They said that Emirates had said the pandemic has forced it to right size, quote unquote, its workforce in line with the uh, reduced operation requirements. It's such a challenging space to be in for Emirates. I mean, uh, I was reading a, another article the other day about how they had to pay a large sum of money back to people who canceled their flights as well. And less flight routes, all the restrictions, all the impact and the changes of uh, uh, due to COVID, it does put them in quite the challenging place. But I think that, you know, this was uh, a very interesting one because at the beginning they did lay off about uh, more than 1,000 employees. They have included 700 cabin crew, 600 pilots, and most of them have been as we discussed, was because we're flying the A380. Exactly. Which, for the yeah. most part, have been parked, right? Yeah, for the most part. And based on what the CEO, Tim Clark, said, that they won't be, they are considering not, uh, uh, you know, deploying their A380s until after a COVID, uh, some kind of vaccine is uh, uh, comes out in the mass uh, public. So I really hope that's not the case. And if it is the case, you know, that, that a cure could come out as soon as possible. 
because those A380s, I don't know if you're fluent, but they're amazing. They're beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're one of my favorite flights. Um, but, you know, we, through all of this, yes, there, there's been a lot of uh, difficulty in the airline industry. I'm sure they've been pretty much the, you know, the, the worst impacted, the most impacted out of all the other industries. But there is one airline that seems to be sort of pushing through and, uh, you know, countering all the... Uh, all the negativity and the issues, and that is Wizz Air. Uh, if you've uh, if you've watched, uh, you know, the, you've seen what they've been doing. I've been I've been seeing them in the news. Like I think this is the second or third time I come across them. I didn't know who they were until they had their deal with Abu Dhabi a little earlier this year. I don't think it was that far out either, uh, and that was the first time I've ever heard of them. Yeah, they started their. Uh, I think the the first flight to Europe was in the second of July, and. It seems that they're recruiting cabin crew and pilots, and a lot of the pilots I know in uh, from Emirates um, that, have, that have you know got the got laid off, they're actually applying uh, for Wizards. So that is the sort of saving grace for them, uh, at least uh, for the time being. Otherwise, they're going to have to seek. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because like such so a very interesting interesting time because you know the A three eighties are being grounded, but then this is the time where. Airlines like Wizz Air is uh, finding its wings and, uh, you know, finding more trips around. And I think it's time for like economic flights. Those is where I think the Fly Dubai's, the Al Arabiyas and other type of um, economic flights are. It's their time to shine. <laughs> you know, this is where you step your game up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, then the only other option for pilots at the moment um, or, or the, the best option for them is to seek um, uh, placements in the Far East. Taiwan, China, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, perhaps. So um, best of luck for them and uh, my, my, my blessings and, you know, uh, and then, you know, just goes out to, the, to them because it's really you know, a difficult time for all the, the pilots and their families, those that are flying and those that are not because they're all one big community and it affects yeah. everybody. And, and, Interesting news. Just one last headline that I thought this was like, this caught my attention uh, earlier this week, which I thought was interesting. FBI thanks the UAE, Dubai police for arresting and extraditing cyber criminal Hush Puppy and Woodbury. Wow. <laughs> so Hush Puppy. So, <laughs> Again with that guy. Yo, this, by the way, he has been all over the news since that, since Dubai police put out that video, yeah. right? Of, of the arrest. And, it was it was spectacular. I mean, right now, law enforcement agencies fall that he has a 1.6 billion dirhams worth of online fraud bid. Like insane madness. And from and from what I see now that the the Dubai police is extraditing him to the US because they've got him on some charges for I think it was money laundering or something along those lines in the US as well. And sources say they actually use his Instagram account so, uh to to go to go after him. You know, all the posts that he did, they, he was, you know, they could easily track where he was and, you know, and, and all the, all the stuff that he was, oh, wow. uh, he was buying with all that, with all the money that he scammed people out of. But I mean, it just goes to show, you know, Instagram could, or any social media could be used against you, especially by the FBI. I think, and locally here, right? Like a lot of times people get, they get into a lot of trouble for stuff that they posted online that do get reported. Yeah. So 
I think you should always just be exactly. careful of what you're putting and up it's on hush that. puppy. I mean, hush puppy. He's not so hush at all. I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> all right. So getting into our questions for the week, we got only two questions for this week. Um, one of them was mine, actually. I think just out of curiosity, because since COVID kicked in, we've been recording our shows out of home. You know, because we've been able to do this on Zoom, we found and developed systems and ways to be able to record our podcast online, um, which also inspired the thought of wanting to do something and be a little bit more active at home, that I wanted to actually build a studio here. Um, And I had this idea of setting up a studio, getting a whole system built, soundproof space, the whole shebang to run my shows from it. But also now, I would like to know if I am, I would like to be able to actually rent the studio out for other podcasters to come and use the space and actually use that for an income. So I think first question, based on our trade license, which is a free zone trade license and is a hot desk, um, is this allowed to begin with? And I think if it is, what are the legal requirements around it? So you have a studio at home and that you want to rent it out. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Where is that? Okay. Okay. And you want to rent out that studio. So, So that means basically you have a studio that is in his residential address. Correct. Okay. So yeah, well, as for the law, of course, you, you can't really rent out a residential address for uh, business purposes. So that you definitely need to rent out a, a, a studio, which is based in a, in a location where, where it is, where it is considered as, a, you know, as an office address. And that, if you'd like to rent that out and maybe, you know, uh, assign it over to, to other uh, podcasters for their use, that'd be appropriate using the trade license that you have. Mm-hmm. But definitely not the one that you uh, you know you play out of home with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, look, a lot of that's not to say that a lot of people you know are trying to make it from home, uh, you know, sort of home yeah. business owners and all that. But I mean, to make it more legit, definitely. Just uh, m- my advice is always you know start right, start off you know the, mm-hmm. you know doing doing the right process and everything, doing things by the book, exactly, and you'll save you yeah. a lot of headache. I've always been a yeah, I've always been a fan of that. Like, I've always just been like, okay, what what's, what does the law say? We play within these boundaries. Um, and I, obviously, I do understand, like, I feel like there's specific trade licenses for, um, you know, those who cook at home, the kitchens. Yeah. Right? If I'm not mistaken. or Yeah. But that that's completely... You mean dark kitchens? Yes, exactly. Okay. Even dark kitchens, that is still sort of an ongoing discussion right now with the, um, uh, with the municipality and the DED. It's... It's a huge, you know, uh, discussion which is ongoing, but but they're being more and more accepted, widely accepted now. Uh, the, but the fact that, you know, if you have a kitchen, you need to have a license, and you have to have, you know, Dubai municipality approval and the, you know, health authority approvals to to run and operate that kitchen wherever it may be. Okay, and uh, that means you have to have a proper kitchen in an office address somewhere, um, somewhere in the city. It definitely cannot be from home. At least I haven't seen it happen. I don't, I don't know if you've experienced anyone that is operating from home. I mean, I don't know where they're operating from, but obviously like you see a lot of those on Instagram, especially those who make like these really beautiful desserts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, the, the the lotus with the cream and the biscuit and everything. Like it's just, and it's mouthwatering when you see their stuff online. Yeah, okay. And it's like, oh, WhatsApp, this number to order, right? So I'm like, yo, that's so good. And I've and I've ordered from them before, and their stuff are incredible. <laughs> um, but obviously, I don't I don't know where their kitchen is based. I just saw 
the business online and I just ordered from it and I went for it, um, yeah. which has been pretty good so far. Yeah, I mean, strictly legally speaking, yes, you have to have a license to uh, to sell and all that stuff. But I mean, if you're doing this as a side gig or you're doing it as a hobby and you got this Instagram page, you're just building your brand, perhaps maybe in the future tomorrow you can set up your own bakery, dessert bakery and all that. But it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't suppose anybody would want to you know sort of uh, complain uh, complain against you just because you make a beautiful desserts. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen no. it happen. But I mean, and I don't think so either. Yeah, I think I think this this type like, of community is, is you know there's a there's a bit of a gray area there, obviously, but it is important to nurture the community of people coming up with new ideas and and. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially food uh, related ideas, and and so that they can you can promote them, and hopefully in the future they can grow their business into something something bigger than what it is. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a big supporter of those guys. I mean, if any of any of the people listening, y'all got like great home bakery concepts, <laughs> uh, definitely DM us. <laughs> <laughs> always, I'm always down to support your business. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Our next question for the week, we got, okay, so it's a, this is from an anonymous um, source. My business is not doing so well, and I plan to close down the business and exit the country. How can I go about closing the business without incurring any issues on myself down the road? Okay, so this person wants to sort of shut shop and, uh, and pack up and go home. I think that's, that's what it mm-hmm. sounds. I mean... Yep. What what the this you you know the the person really wants to do is is liquidate the company you know just cancel the license yeah. and and walk away and hopefully walk away without any uh, without any liabilities without getting stopped at the airport or anyone filing any any dispute claims against them or her and exactly. and this is something that you know is a lot of people and a lot of people's minds just as many people that that would like to open businesses. I'm sure a lot of people during this time also realize, come to the realization that the business is not maybe, you know, fruitful. So what you do is depending on the on the area uh, that your business is in, it uh, would be at a free zone or a DED uh, business. There is a procedure mm-hmm. to liquidate your company, and that procedure is generally mandated by the um, the the ministry or the or the economic development authority that is in that uh, um, that zone that you're in. So, uh, as you know, there's, I mean, tons of free zones in, in Dubai. And yeah. each free zone has its own mandates and its own regulations and how you can, you know, uh, proceed with actually liquidating and canceling your license. And usually it requires the appointment of a liquidator. The liquidator is generally someone like an auditor, right? Like, a, you know, like KPMG. I see. So it always has to be done by a third party. Well, a third party liquidator. Yeah, the third party liquidator needs mm-hmm. to come in, review your accounts and come up with a a report and the report would it would be used so that you could submit an application to the relevant authority where your company is in and that authority will then take uh, the the report and the application they'll issue a notification to all the creditors that are involved you'll have to cancel the li- the uh, the visas of your employees if you have any and uh, mm-hmm. you know wrap up wrap up whatever rent agreement that you have with the landlord and the notification to the creditors goes out. It takes about 45 days um, for the creditors to be notified uh, via two, newspaper, two newspapers. And um, whomever has any any claims has do to come you, forward. 
the newspaper's languages matter, so it has to be in English, Arabic, or yeah, uh, these local like, newspapers, yeah, like Al Watan okay. newspaper, uh, these types mm. of newspapers. So then, uh, the creditors will be duly notified, like uh, such, like that, and then whoever catches wind of the notification then has to, you know, proceed to to submit their claims. If there are no claims, then uh, the the procedure will just take the normal route, and eventually uh, mm. the authority will. Uh, issue a cancellation of the trade license, and then you'll be free to go. Is there a window for the claims? Yeah, it's 45 days from the date of notification by the authority. Mm -hmm. So that's generally the case. And if there's any claims that are stuck in court, then obviously those claims, they'll they'll, they'll have to go um, within the liquidation process. They'll have to fall in line. So it depends on uh, what type of creditor you are. Are you a bank? Of course, banks generally have a priority over other claims. If you're an employee, you also have priority over other claims. Uh, if you mm-hmm. don't have, if there are no claims at all, then you'll shut shop in no time and uh, you'll be on your way. So it's not there that bad, yeah. And I really hope that that people uh, actually, you know, close their businesses in the right way because it's uh, it's never it's never good practice to just you know let your license mm. run its course and and expire and not renew and then. You, you leave because you never know when you'll have to come back to the UAE. And then you, you don't right. want to have all kinds of fines and, and claims against you without. Because um, yeah. that'd be hovering over you like a dark cloud, won't it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You won't, you know, I, I can't, you know, uh, explain how many Once times. It's in the system. It's in the system. Yeah. And there's so many people that, that are stuck abroad and, and they want to, uh, to do a name, to run a name check on the system just to make sure that they don't have any, um, claims against them before oh, they wow. come back. That's because they obviously left the country with loose ends. And I don't ever recommend that you do that. Right? That's, uh, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, it, it's, I think a lot of people, because it might feel like a, a strenuous or an exhausting um, exercise to go through, but it is necessary. Yeah, face your demons. Um, and... Yeah, exactly. Like once you do that, you, your shoulders relax. Yeah. Like I completely understand business owners wanting to close shop and you know wanting to leave. Like I, I empathize with that and I get it. And I think that I also understand the weight of business on one's shoulders. Of course. Like once you do it, once you go through that exercise, it might be exhausting and frustrating for a couple of months. But once you're done and it's closed properly, like there's that sense of relief that I've seen happen with a few people Absolutely. in my life. Where like, it's just like, you know, like the shoulders drop. <laughs> I see a lot <laughs> kind of, of people, like, yeah, type you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I see that, in, particularly in this country, a lot of people go into business thinking that they will never lose, that they, mm-hmm. that it will just be a sort of, you know, profit, profit, year on year growth, um, and which is definitely not the case. And, and I, it just, you know, I'm baffled. That's, that's, that's never the case. No, no. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to want to go into business, be prepared to lose. That is a, a natural yeah. uh, course of life. You know, you lose some, yeah. you win some. And um, mm-hmm. if you lose, no problem. You can try again. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Definitely. And obviously it's easier said than done for, for different people in different walks of life. But... Uh, it is the best way to approach a business, just with the understanding that you will fall, with the understanding that you will fail at times, that there are going to be times where you feel like you're not going to make it. And 
you know, from firsthand experience, there are days where I thought we're going to have to cl- shut down and close up shop and that's it, we're done. And and sometimes you never know as well, you know, that like it comes out of nowhere, just sheer luck or, you know, just your name in the market. And I think that's also an investment that a lot of us put a lot of hard work into. Agreed. So, um, and sometimes actually closing down is the best option for you. Yeah. It'll protect it clears you. out so yeah. much. It'll protect yeah. you from a lot of liabilities moving forward. Yep. You know, if any if you close no, your if you close your business and then anybody comes in with a claim after your business is done, you're like, hey, this this company has been delisted, it's been canceled. You're too late. <laughs> you should have approached me, <laughs> you know, two months ago or whatever, right? If you really wanted to pursue your claim. Yep. Well, now it's done. And you know, there's no, there's going to be no personal liability on my name either, because you know, there's no entity for you to pursue. Yeah. And you protect your rep, you protect your name in the market, everything is done by the book. Exactly. And you're in a much better place for it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Ahmed, man, thank you so much. Really appreciate You're having you this week. Always a pleasure. Sorry to our listeners. Reem, uh, Reem couldn't make it. Um, she hasn't been feeling well, so she's recovering. Um, but on the real, thank you. Thank you to all that's been everybody that's listening to us and tuning in every week. We'll definitely be back next week with more questions for Ahmed Dawda to answer. And if y'all got any, y'all can slide in our DMs or hit us up on hello at thecanmedia.com and we'll promise to keep it anonymous. Bye. Salam. Salam.